When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, everyone, welcome in Red Sox B. Of course, every week we are here for you on CLNS Radio. Just Thomas, Jared, Scala, you know the drill. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by our new friends over at Reach, the Reach app. I almost said Reach.com. Not true. It's just an app. Um, go on there. You can gauge with your favorite sports podcast on CLNS Radio, whether it's us or them or anyone else on the website. We have partnered with them to develop a brand new way to talk about your favorite sports teams with all of your friends. Go to... Uh, reach to app.com backslash CLNS to download the app for iOS or Google Play today. Also, you can obviously go to the iOS store or the Google Play store right on your phone as well. And skip a step. And skipping steps are always fun. So don't, don't forget to go out there and check them out. We've been using it. We've been sh- getting your feedback. Um, today I asked a question. I don't remember what it was. What did I ask, Jess? I know you remember. You asked, um, are you worried about the starting pitching? Starting pitching, starting pitching yeah. Uh, should I, is it time to panic about That's starting it. pitching? Yeah. Yes, no. I answered yes. Almost everyone else answered no, so that'll be fun to talk about in a little bit when we recap the week. <laughs> I was one of those. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to MLB headlines in a minute. Of course, fantasy updates, news as well, with some players to add. One big guy, in my opinion, to add, uh, came, get call, got called up this morning, so that'll be big news as well. But Jess, uh, first, let's just start with the uh, MLB headlines, some good ones, some interesting ones you wrote here, because in fact, you did the show prep for us today, which I'm very happy about. Uh, so we're going to break down that first. Five players were ejected in a skirmish between A's and Royals after Kevin Herrera threw at Brett Lowry. They were back and forth and going crazy, and it was a bench-clearing brawl, so five players were ejected there. Uh, bigger news, again, out of L.A. involving none other than Josh Hamilton um, as his rough life continues. Uh, he officially has filed for divorce. Um, there are no reports or details about the problems that are stemming from this problem, but it doesn't seem to be that it's from his relapse. It, um, Hamilton has also not returned, obviously, to the Angels, and he purportedly might not return for the rest of the season, obviously pending all the drug issues. Um, also, after another suspension in Major League Baseball, Andrew McKeerahan, I believe, suspended for 80 games for uh, Ipora Moreland, I think that's how you say it. Got me. <laughs> I think, but it was a po- yeah, 80 games are a positive drug test. Another one bites the dust in MLB. And finally, John Lester 0 and 2 with a 6.9 ERA and three starts with the Cubs. Oh, John Lester. Those are your MLB headlines on Red Sox Beat. Brought to you, of course, by our good friend at Lynda.com. Go to Lynda.com today. Get your free 10-day trial from CLNS Radio. Over 4,500 different courses on there. Go on and check them out. They're everybody's best friend, and they will teach you a lot. So get going on there if you haven't already. Yes, a lot of news buzzing around MLB, whether it be problems, mostly problems. Uh, and obviously, John Lester is not a good thing. That's kind of my bringing the, the rear in sense for this one, because let's start off with your opinion. But, I mean, with Josh Hamilton, with all this stuff, there was a brawl last night in baseball. Yeah, a lot of bad news here. It's funny. All our headlines are, are negative things here. I didn't plan that, but it just happened that way. So the uh, Hey, whatever is, whatever is making headlines, we put it. Exactly. You got it. So the skirmish, the brawl, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't, I don't think you can call it a brawl because there weren't any punches or anything. Bench is cleared, like always, because bench is clear if somebody, like, lifts a finger. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, it was, it's it's funny how it happened. It's uh, Jordano Ventura hit, I believe it was, um, Alcides Escobar. And then... Yeah, I think that's I think right. that's right. And then, so he was ejected. And then the next day here, uh, Kelvin Herrera threw behind Brett Lowry's head. And then th- this was the thing that happened with it. it. When Herrera went off after he was immediately ejected because of the previous things that had already happened, Herrera pointed to his head 
and Lowry took that to mean I'm going to throw your head next time even more. And I think what happened was Herrera clarified later on that he was saying, think about it instead of I'm throwing it at your head. So that was a little bit of a confusion there, but I mean, they both got ejected and, you know. Oh, let's be honest. He was probably saying I'm throwing at your head. <laughs> probably. Realized afterwards, that probably doesn't look too good, does it? I should <laughs> probably should make up a story for that. <laughs> so uh, Ned Yost was, was ejected because um, sometimes the manager gets ejected and the player gets ejected. I think that's always actually. That's a, yeah, I yeah. think that's a state. That's a, that's a solidified role. Right. And then uh, Don Wakamatsu, their, their uh, interim manager, got ejected too. So five p- people and all ejected. Some uh, interesting interesting stuff there. And got to love the got to love the throwing at people's heads and uh, throwing behind people and hitting people and confusion and excitement. It's all great. So whenever you have a, a skirmish or a brawl or anything, it's always going to make headlines. And therefore, it made headlines. Um, Josh Hamilton, it's sad. I mean, you, you think you wish something could go right for him, considering not much has gone right recently. And I, I was looking at it, I was like, already something else. He's already dealing with the relapse and his his team like not supporting him, and, and all of a sudden he's finally heard divorce from his wife too. So, boy, tough times for Josh. And hopefully you can uh, turn around at some point and have something go right at some time in his life. I was reading the article, Jess, that you put up on this, the Yahoo article that you linked to our page here, and. A lot of it stems to be that apparently, like, she doesn't want him to be visiting the kids and all this stuff. So I don't know it's, if it's because of the relapse. You know, the reports say it might not be just because of the relapse or or the relapse might be prolonging. Not, I don't want to say prolonged. It's not the right word. Like, uh, strengthening the reasons for her to want to, or him to want a divorce. I don't know. But either way, it's not really not looking good between him and his wife, and it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. They're not in communication right now going through the process. But it's just a shame because you thought – they, they seemed like they were such a great family in terms of she was his rock getting through all these tough times in Texas, and he, she was always there. And it seemed like getting a family like that was good for him, and that's what was helping him along. And now it's just all coming off the track so quickly. And it seems like Josh can be a good guy. He just needs to get his life back to back on track. And I wouldn't – obviously, this isn't as big as the tire story because he wasn't cheating with, like, 70 women. <laughs> but I think it's still a big deal because it shows – the pressure that these athletes are in and if one little thing can goes wrong in their life obviously the cocaine addiction is a big thing if it's one thing it can really it can lead to the rest of your life kind of just falling apart so he's got to find himself here and obviously staying away from baseball to fix that is the priority but hopefully josh returns soon in full form and health and hopefully he plays despite the angels not wanting him to yeah it's tough especially with the, the kids thing not not being able to see his, his kids and all that stuff i mean really with these with these athletes it's, oh, especially baseball it's a wonder that the that any that any players stay with their wives, considering how much time they spend away from home, they're always at the ballpark. Like, I, don't, I don't know how any of them stay together, to be honest with you. But it's crazy on the road so much, and yeah. it's, it's 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 ridiculous. It's insane. But so that's unfortunate for him. But we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I just noticed the other suspension, and I was like, we're getting a suspension, multiple suspensions, like every week here, and another another positive drug test, and it just continues to look bad whether it's a high profile player or not most of them haven't been but regardless it's still it's still a positive test and it's still another half a season suspension which is ridiculous ipa morlin i think that's it that's what it looks like <laughs> that's what it looks like ipa morlin that's what i'm going with if it's not right then well. <laughs> sorry but it, that's what i'm coming with and then john lester yeah i mean i john lester news is red sox news in our opinion basically so the fact that basically. the fact that he's Pitch horribly so far. He's almost got a 70 RA. That's three games isn't obviously much of a sample size, but it's enough of a sample size to realize that he's not pitching well, and he's not going deep in games and giving up a lot of hits and a lot of runs, and that's how you don't win. Yeah, John Lester is struggling to say the least. I know you're close, keeping a close eye on because he's on your fantasy team, Jess, <laughs> and he's not helping you out any much at all, but. It's a struggle for Lester, especially considering he's in the National League and he should be pitching better than this with this almost a seven ERA. Not good, obviously not a good start for our old buddy John Lester. Um, you got to think John Henry and the Red Sox organization is starting to laugh a little bit, thinking that they were right. I'm hoping that he pitches well to prove them wrong because he's still a good guy. He's still got it, and hopefully he turns it around. Um, those Jess are, and everyone else listening are your MLB headlines again. Of course, brought to you by Lynda.com. Don't forget now, I'm going to plug this again because I just thought about it. Uh, don't forget to call in 781-499-2772. Um, 
leave a voicemail, leave your name. We're going to try to, we're trying to get that thing going and get, spread the word as much as you can. Um, we'll put you on if, if you call us. So don't be, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Um, just call us in 781-499-2772. Leave us your name and a voicemail. We'll put the best ones on the show next week. Talk about anything you want. Red Sox and baseball, of course. Um, and get your feedback here live on the show. Now, Jess, all, obviously all these news, these updates and the headlines are bad. Obviously, Josh Young's situation is not great. People cheating, people getting ejected and tossed because of brawls, because someone wanted to hit someone in the head. Is, none of this obviously is good for baseball. But this, despite the brawls, because I feel like a lot of people, general public and like general viewers, want to see brawls. I like to see brawls every once in a while. They're fun. They get baseball a little more excited. But this suspension, and I want, I really want to see, like, what do you think baseball can do? Because this, this is another one bites the dust from an 80 game suspension, and it's. They keep saying how much they claim they want to be steroid free and like and just performance enhancing free, and yet all these players this year, how many of there's now five or six already 80 game suspensions? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and I don't know what they can do because clearly there's some way that these guys get around what what they're supposed to be doing, and they do it anyway. And I don't know if everyone gets caught or if some people get caught. I mean, we know A-Rod did this meticulous, like, down to the second everything to get around every single test that he took. So I don't I don't know if anybody's doing that kind of stuff, but, I mean, they're, cash, they're cashing these guys, obviously, and I don't know if they just need to cash guys to, to make it not a problem anymore or if it's just going to keep being a problem and guys are going to keep doing it and keep getting suspended for different things. But it's, it's obviously not a good look still because they're trying to move past the huge steroid age and issues and it seems like they have for the most part, but season's been on for a couple of weeks and there's already been a number of them as we've talked about here so it's it's not a good look for the for the big leagues and you you wonder with A-Rod again I mean he's having such a good season so far and it's like is he, is he like we don't trust him he, we don't trust is him is he skirting skirting around the uh the the test again to do more steroids is he like that desperate to be good again or is he actually doing this legit and you don't know because these guys can't keep, know you'll never guys know. keep getting testing positive so it's, it's disappointing to the A-Rod thing for a second. Do you think he's cheating? I don't know. It's hard to know if he's actually, if he worked out, like, really hard to make sure that he was going to be really good. I mean, he had a year off. Right. If you want to believe him, he has the time to work out and get his game back. For his sake, I really hope that he's not doing it dirty. <laughs> that would just basically... But why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's, he said after after Texas, like you, I'm, I'm done with like I'm done with that stuff. I'm not doing it anymore. And then he does even more. It's like how do you how can you believe this guy? I don't, I don't even know, really. I don't believe him. I think he's cheating because I don't like Rod. And as much as I say, go sign him for your fantasy team, like I did last week, Jess. The, the numbers are there, and doesn't the I just think he's still using because how like you said he has the track record of saying I'm done and apologizing and then going behind his, that apology and still cheating. Right. And look, he tried to get the sincerity by writing that quote-unquote handwritten letter and getting getting his sincerity out there that he was sorry, and he's turned the leaf now here as a 39-year-old playing for the Yankees. I still don't believe him, and I don't want to believe him, and I don't think I can believe him, just because even as a non-Red Sox, like, media, like, impartiality person here on a radio show, I still think he's lying. I don't, I don't trust him. Well, it goes against everything that would make sense. He should be rusty because he hasn't played for a year. He had a hip injury that was obviously pretty bad because it was going to keep him out for a while. He's played so many years. He's done so much damage to his body with with steroids, I'm sure. And he's 40 years old, and he's like their best hitter. Like, what? This is not add up at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. He's sitting well. I don't remember his average. I don't have it up in front it's of over, me, Jess. It's but over 300. It's over 300. That's what I thought. And he's hitting well. He has some dingers. He's a couple... Behind, um, he's getting real close to Willie he's, Mays. He's, yeah, he's a couple from Willie Mays. He's getting there, and obviously Willie Mays wasn't going to be hard even off of steroids, but he's getting there pretty quickly. We're still in April, and this guy's raking. I know it's only April, and I know he's been out for a year, so his body has time to recover, but I don't believe him. I don't trust him. I think he's cheating. Um, I don't want to talk about A-Rod too much, but I'll give you, the way he's... I'll give you his numbers. 316, four home runs, 11 RBI. That's, in, that's insane for someone who's claimed to be just off steroids and having injury problems. Like you said, a hip thing is not a, is not is a big deal in terms of like they linger hip problems linger they don't just go away don't forget the fact um, that he's played freaking 21 seasons too yeah you exactly. slow down at some point i rod <laughs> 20 22nd year um i don't even know how many he's been since with the yankees it's been over 10 right came in the yankees in 04 so this is yeah. 11th i mean he didn't play last year obviously I'm... so this would be his 10th season with the yankees yeah and 21st season overall at 
and 21st overall, <laughs> and he's not technically slowing down. There's something there, and I think if he is using, he'll get caught. If he's not, then God bless his trainer right. for getting him back into shape. Um, I don't know how he's getting past the injuries if he's not using something. So um, I'd say look out for that. I don't trust the guy. I really don't. He's, he's still such a bomb. It's hard, hard I don't to like trust A-Rod's him. such a huge bomb. Yeah. Ugh, all right, I don't want to get hung up on A-Rod <laughs> because that's just, he just bugs the crap out of me. I know. Um, before we move on, just a quick side note here. Don't forget, CLNS Radio, um, the CLNS Beat Podcast Series, and Audible are giving you a free audiobook. Yeah, that's right. Go from the world's biggest uh, online library. Simply go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Celtics. Yes, backslash Celtics, and you will get a free uh, audiobook on us. So go for it. It's good stuff. So go check it out, uh, especially if you lovers of audiobooks out there. Uh, go get a free one. It's great stuff. Um, Jess, let's move on here. Uh, the Red Sox had pretty good week. Still haven't lost a, a series this year, which is good. Um, they just finished up the week uh, taking two out of three from the Nationals, which is very surprising to a lot of people, considering they were World Series favorites still uh, going into the season, and they have not been playing well. And then they've just finished the Orioles series four games here at home against um, at Fenway Park, and, of course, winning 7-1 to one today on Marathon Monday here in Boston. And a game short, a seven-inning game shortened because of the rain. Obviously, we've had crap weather all day today. Um, so they finished split with the Orioles. So they haven't lost a series all season yet, Jess. I'm kind of impressed with that. I'm kind of shocked, to be honest. Yeah, four four series, all good stuff. You're going to have a good record at the end of the season if you don't lose any series. Even if you, even if you split series, you're not going to be that bad because you're going to be 500. And if you, if you split and win them, then you're going to have a pretty good record. Yeah, so now... You, you, like I said, they, they took two out of three for the Nationals. Um, the National Series was not easy to watch if you were a Nationals fan. Um, a, lot a lot of bad defense on the Nationals' part. Pitching was not there at all. Uh, we were at the game just that Strasburg pitched. He looked awful. Um, Zimmerman didn't look great for them either. Just a bunch of issues. And I, I, I won't I'll say this. I still want Jordan Zimmerman. That one star is not going to phase me on that one. He's a great pitcher. But terrible timing on their part. Um, they win. They win nine four eight seven ten, and they lose ten five in the finale of that series. That game, they they won eight seven. Just the one that we went to, they shouldn't have won that game. They got lucky, and I don't want to. I, obviously, this team's good, and they still put up eight runs. But there were some defensive lapses on that game, and then obviously this Monday game, um, the home opener. Harper losing a ball on the sun. Harper missing a throw. Um, some guys missing the first base with a throw. Um, Who's their shortstop? I forget his name. He Ian, missed Ian the Desmond. ball. Yeah, Ian Desmond, thank you. He messed up on a play and got an error. Just a lot of errors all around yeah, for the terrible. Nationals' defense. And, and they, they they started off that way. It wasn't like it just started at Fenway Park. They started that way when they opened their season. So we kind of caught them at the right time. Um, but take advantage of it because they're still a good team regardless of the errors. Um, and then obviously against the Orioles, there's kind of two tough losses between Saturday and Sunday, but you pick one up today. Um, a good win on Monday uh, and obviously a good day to do it on Patriots Day in the city of Boston around the marathon and all that stuff. And So overall, though, just not not a terrible week, though, for the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, the Washington series is kind of a, kind of a gift in, in a couple of ways, considering they had five errors in the three games, like you said. So it's like, but I feel like we won enough to to make it legit, to make two out of three. It's not like they just, like, handed it to us, even though we blew it a four-run lead in the game we went to on, on Tuesday and then got it back at the end. But it's because the pitching is crap. you got to be concerned if you're the Nationals pitching, though. The Red Sox got nine, eight, and five runs, so that's a combined 22 runs in three games against the supposed best pitching staff in the major leagues. That's, <laughs> that's, not, a good, that's not good news for Washington, that's for sure. Yeah, no, they're... They 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 were struggling defensively and I think but I think the pitching staff for the Red Sox got bailed out by good offense this week. Um, obviously we knew the Red Sox were going to win this year on their offense if they were going to win. Um, the one player that you wanted to highlight, Jess, and obviously limited amount of bats for this guy, but he's still hitting a good number, and that's Brock Holt. And look, he's hitting what he's hitting four sixty two. That's twenty six at bats in eight games played. That's that's decent. He's been playing. That's a decent amount of games. He played today as well. So, look, Brock Holt, I would, honestly, Brock Holt, I would go pick him up on your fantasy team if he's around too. He's a great player, and he's been hitting. He's been hot, even coming off the bench and not playing every day. 
That's consistency despite not playing a lot, and that's good stuff from him. And that's why, Jess, I agree that you have to give him the best, most valuable player this week for the Red Sox because going seven for nineteen before today um, no, I think that's was a double. Today. That was including yeah. today, where he was over two, so he was even better than that before that. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm on. I'm on the link you sent me, and it says twelve for twenty six. Well, is that overall? Yeah. Yeah. I just I just did from Monday to Monday. Oh, okay, that's fair then. Okay, seven for nineteen the last week. That would make sense. I'm just being dumb. <laughs> um, seven for nineteen with a double, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Brockle, and how many games did he play last week? Um, all but one. All but one. So that's a good Six. amount of. So that's good, and I think he's going to keep playing because he's been playing so well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just upside. He's just a good guy side to note, have. Side note, too, upside. If you want to think about fantasy baseball here for a second, um, on, at least on Yahoo, anyway, he's listed as like every position, <laughs> so you can play him anywhere. That is a huge upside. Um, just literally listed as first, second, third outfield. As he should be, because he plays all of them. <laughs> yeah. So only thing he's not listed as pitching and catching. So and you can put him anywhere else in your lineup. So you, many many of options with uh, Brock Holt. So if he's available, I'd go get him. But still, 462 for the season is insane for me. Uh, for a guy who wasn't playing a lot the first week of the season, but now is obviously Pablo Sandoval being out last week due to the Bruce footy he uh, suffered against Washington. Um, Hanley Ramirez sitting for a game. Ortiz resting. Um, Alan Craig not producing, like which we'll get to. So Brock Holt's been the Brock star that we had last year. Once again this year, flawlessly transition into the 2015 season. Well, he, Look, Brock Holt, he's been playing great. There's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, and here's the thing with Brock Holt. It's like, so he was the best player last year, basically, because I don't think anybody can deny that. He was he was the most consistent, biggest surprise, big, great producer last year. And then, of course, with all the big offseason signings, he was kind of the forgotten guy. And it's like, oh, we still have Brock Holt. Okay, well, I guess he'll play sometimes. And like you said, he didn't play a whole lot in the first the first couple games, but then as... As they play longer games, you know, 19 inning game, the guys get tired, couple couple minor injuries, and then you have a guy like Holt who can play basically every position. Then he can he finds himself in there every day, and then he produces just like he did last year. So then John Farrell's thinking, well, this guy's this guy's hitting 462 now at this point. How can I not play him? So then he just he purposely finds a place for him. Even if there isn't one every day, he'll just be like, "Oh, we'll sit this guy. Oh, this guy might be a little sore. We'll play. We'll play Holt." So he's just basically played his way within the first two weeks of the season, right back into an everyday role because they're pretty much going to find a place for him every day. Because, like I said, they can just basically make up any reason to be like, "Oh, we got to we got to slide Holt in there at that at that spot. It's perfect." So he's really he's really doing great, and that's one of the reasons I picked him for for the uh, player of the week because. Not to mention the fact that he's hitting like over 400 is that he wasn't even really expected to play that much. The fact that he is playing and producing that well is doubly impressive. And you have to say, I will, I will say it. Getting into an everyday rotation in terms of your playing time with a lineup with these amount of good quality offensive players on it after two weeks, when you're destined to be a bench block, got utility guy, you're, you're and you're and you're forcing your manager's hand to find you a place in the rotation and the place in the field every day that's a good sign that's and that's and that's big mentally for me and obviously mentally for him is that you can stay that good and you can stay that mentally sharp so that whenever you do get called upon you play that well so now you're getting you're forcing it so you do get called upon every day and you keep those numbers up and now don't obviously don't be surprised if obviously you're going to get see Holt's not going to he's going to get his day off where you have like the typical starting lineup backup but Pablo Sandoval's sore foot okay you don't play Hanley Ramirez wants a day off because he took himself out of today's game, which we'll talk about later. Good. You can sit. I'll play Brock Holt. Like, it's like, it's it, like it's easy. A, it's, it's a good it's so problem easy. to have. It's like, it really oh, is. the guy's great. a tiny bit sore. Oh, oh, you, uh, you want to take off? Okay, here, we'll throw Holt in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great to have. That's why I, I do like the choice of giving him the top player because no one else has played better because he's been forced into playing every day because he's been playing so well and he's been playing great. And I think he's going to be, he's obviously a favorite around the city. Everyone loves him around here. It's because of what he can do and the spark that he brings. Um, between him and Mookie Betts, there's a new era of fan favorites here in Boston. So, Well, the best part of that hole, too, is that not, he's not just doing it with the, with the bat, but he hasn't made any errors either. And he switched no. every day, which is not easy, and he's done flawless. So 
He's very reliable in the field, regardless of where you put him. Kind of like the same way Mookie Betts is, because Mookie Betts has never really had a problem going from the infield to the outfield. Some guys, look, some guys have baseball knowledge and, and athleticism enough that they can switch positions like that and play everywhere, and that's, that's a good thing to have. And It's a good thing to have if you're a baseball player, because you're going to be around the league a lot longer if you can play a lot of positions, that's for sure. Yeah. Especially because, too, he can play first base, which is huge, because not a lot of, like, no one, his size, he's not that big of a guy, but he's a pretty good first baseman. Yeah, he is. I, w- I wish he could. I wish he could find like a, a spot just to stay in, just because for his sake, I, I I feel like he should just have a permanent spot at a position. But obviously, it's not the case at the moment, and it's good to have him for multiple positions. It's just the way he plays. You, you almost wish he just had a solid spot that he could just stay in. You know what it feels like to me, Jess, and this is what I feel like it should feel like to him. Back in the little league days, when you like look at the scorecard after every game, after every inning, to see where your, your coach is going to put you that inning in the field. Right. And you just like rotate in circles, and you just like kind of almost go like one after the one. You rotate and put people in the outfield and the infield, and like you got to check in every single inning with your coach where you're going to play. It's almost like that with Brock Holt. No, you're exactly right. It's like I saw a couple quotes from him recently where he was saying that he just comes to the ballpark. He doesn't know if he's playing. He looks at the lineup, different position. He goes out there and plays. If he doesn't play, he gets ready to play in case he comes in. He's just that's how he does it. Is nothing, nothing uh, for sure, and he just takes it a day at a time. You have to if you're him, because how can you not take it a day at a time? Like I said, it's a rotating door for what position he's going to play. So if you come in one day and you're playing first for something, say Napoli, and then you come in and playing third because Pan is not back yet, okay, but then one day you won't be playing. Well, I'm going to prepare because he might put, he might put me in defensively. He's going to get in every day if he comes in and keeps doing his work, and I, I respect it and I love it. It's great to have him in the locker room. He's a Class A guy, um, and it's definitely good to see, that's for sure. It's just funny too. Like you look at the you look at the current averages. Like he's hitting 462, and then you got Victorino hitting 133, Napoli hitting 136, Craig hitting 133, Ortiz hitting 220, Betts hitting 196. But see, the thing is too is like <laughs> that 462. Like you said, he's playing more. It's becoming more legit of a 462 average. Totally like, legit. He has eight games played. Bogarts has 12. Uh, Napoli has 13. Uh, Victorino has a 133 average. Like you said, he's played 10 games. Yeah, he's played basically almost the whole season. So, and he's that four sixty two is a legit average. So, look, I, if I was, I, I know it's not ideal for Holt to be playing right field. It's not going to happen. But I wouldn't be playing Victorino right now. <laughs> I wish he snapped his ribs in half so he wouldn't play. So he couldn't play. Uh, but he did. I knew you were going to be so, all over that one. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> so easy. It's so easy, Jess. Well, he just goes full speed all the time, and stuff like that happens. He should have snapped his ribs. I'm surprised he didn't. Honestly, I'm not even saying that because I don't want him to play. Like the way he hit the wall, yeah, he hit it pretty hard. I'm surprised he didn't snap his ribs. But that being said, let's. I want to keep going with this week for a second. This past week, obviously, Brock Holt was a big high note. I want to get to the low note, and that was the entire pitching staff. Yeah. They're a bit, they're as bad as we expected them to be. Um, Maybe a little, little Master- list of how bad they were. <laughs> yeah, no, Masterson, uh, 4.2 uh, innings pitched, eight hits, seven runs. Miley two. Two and a third innings pitch, five hits, seven runs. Buckholz, 11 hits, and two major jams. Um, and one of them included, and even before that, last week when he played against the Yankees, too. Just awful. Not not great quality starts. Porcello, five innings pitch, 12 hits, eight runs. Um, Kelly's the only one I list, didn't list on, in terms of bad starts. Joe Kelly's the only one who's had two consistently good, okay starts that you can't really crap on. Yeah, he is. I mean, so by that default, let's give him the team Cy Young. <laughs> well, that's, that's what he said he was going to do. So, <laughs> well, he didn't say so, he didn't say team Cy Young. He said Cy Young. Period. But. No, but I can't go that far. <laughs> no. I can't. Give him. But it's crazy to think that obviously, we, Joe. I think Joe Kelly has the best stuff on this staff in terms of like if he was someone you have to pick someone to be your ace by stuff. It would be Joe Kelly. Masterson should be in the bullpen, in my opinion. Doesn't have the stuff and doesn't throw hard enough to be in the rotation. Look, he pitched good day. after like yeah. he pitches great after through one or two guys, and then after the third time through, he can't fool guys. His stuff's not that good. Obviously, today was the game was shortened, and he did pitch pretty well in the rain. But only five But in the rain and the cold weather, it kind of favors the pitchers anyway. It's just It's a pain, and it sucks hitting in the cold. Oh, yeah. But Justin Masterson, I think, it, it's in a good rotation on this team, Masterson would be the odd man out, um, just by default, because you'd have someone above Buckholz being your ace. So... I think Masterson should be in the bullpen, but obviously right now you're stuck with it the way it is, obviously because Workman's still hurt too and not back and can't fill in a role if you need him to be in there as well. But look, Masterson pitched like crap that start before that. Wade Miley couldn't even get out of the second inning, gave up five hits on seven runs. Clay Buckholz gave up 11 hits and just could not find it. Um, this, this pitching staff is struggling 
Rick Forcell gave you a decent start the other day, five innings pitched, in, but on 12 hits um, and eight runs. Terrible. Forcell looked a little shaky, but he looked okay. The biggest thing for me was Clay Buckholz's last start. He looked okay for the way he got hit around. His stuff was okay, but he just wasn't getting his batters out. Well, he got out of two huge jams. It could have been he could have given up ten runs easily. So it's it's pretty that was encouraging at least to see him only give up two runs from that. But it's also discouraging to see him get into bases loaded jams a couple innings in a row as well. Yeah, no, it's just the pitching staff for me. It's so up and down. Look, you go you play Orioles team yesterday. You lose eight to three. And then you come back today, and Masterson shuts the door and goes 7-1. But the last time Masterson pitched, he was terrible, um, which was when? One, two, three, Tuesday. four. He would have pitched. Oh, Tuesday. Yeah, that's right, because we saw him. Yeah. He didn't pitch great against the Nationals. He looked like crap. Well, he had a big lead, and he blew it, which you can't do, obviously. Exactly, and that's my point, is the pitching staff, you're going to get leads this year with this offense. There's no way around that. You're going to get some good, solid leads. You might, you might even have leads before you even step out on the mound at Fenway Park. you got to find a way to not – cry into a corner and worry about it if you get a few bad pitches. The Clay Buckholz thing we talked about uh, against the Yankees last week when he didn't cover the bases. Stuff like that. It's little things, and this pitching staff doesn't have the cojones to me. I believe they're last in the AL, AL in ERA. I believe you're right. And they're like 30th overall in the league in ERA. Not good. And I don't know. Hold on. I'm, i got, I got to change this page here. I want to see the ERAs for all the pitchers. Well, I know Miley's 1067. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's good stuff. Let me hit the pitching button here on my computer. Masterson's high, too. Not as high anymore, but 574. All right. Let's see here. What do we got? Justin Masterson, 574. Clay Buckholz, 606. Rick Porcello, 663. Wade Miley, 1057. Good old Joe, Joe Kelly, Kelly, 213. 213. <laughs> Yeah. Point exactly. Joe Kelly's pitching okay. And he has a win. I think he's pitching a little better than okay. Give, give I mean, yeah. some credit. <laughs> Masterson somehow has two wins. Yeah. Um, stuff today looked okay, despite obviously going to get the win because of the, the route the offense put on in the cold weather. Um, Clay Buckles only has two wins and over six for your quote-unquote uh, ace of your staff. No, he's one, one and two. You said two, two, yeah, you only, said two wins. I said he only has one win. Oh. I don't know. Either way, he only has one yeah. win. And a 6.06 ERA. Rick Porcello only has one win with a 6.63. It's just not good. So Miley still your, won a game yet. There's your two aces, Buckholz and Porcello, each with a 1-2 record, each with the ERAs over 6. That's not good. You just paid Rick Porcello $20 million a year for the next how many years? Four. And he can't have more than one win in under 6 ERA? Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you go up eight runs. Well, that's the thing. Like He had a couple pretty good starts. I mean, he went eight innings and go four runs, it wasn't too bad, and then you put up a stinker, you have enough A runs in five innings, your ERA is going to shoot up, and you're not, it's what you've been saying, it's so inconsistent, it's not, you want to be able to rely on him for six or seven innings in one or two runs, not not four runs here, two runs there, eight runs there, that's not, that's not good. Regards to Porcello's contract, I think he's vastly overpaid. And doesn't deserve the twenty million dollars. I just don't think he's that's who he is. He'll get you into the fifth or sixth inning, and that's about it. Well, I thought he was better than this, but I mean, maybe it's nerves and being on a new team and beginning of the season. We should obviously. Get Let's hope nine, you're right, Jess, because right now he's yeah, seven. right now he's doing really bad. He's terrible. Five home runs already, which is a lot yeah. for three starts. That's, that's a lot for three starts, and even the Clay Walker's two is a lot for three starts. Um, never mind the obviously the fives though, way too much, way too high. Um, it's like Adrian Gonzalez has been taking BP off of. <laughs> Pete's sake, the way he's been hitting and the way Rorcel's been pitching. But, look, this pitching staff is mainly the problem for the reason why the Red Sox have been losing well, here's, these games. Here's my question for you. Is Wade Miley an American League pitcher? Because he had success in the NL, but so far he's been terrible. And that and that was a big concern a lot of people had was, okay, he's he's a good, decent lefty in the NL, but obviously who knows if it can translate over here. And right now, certainly not. He's, it's over 10 to ZRA, so it hasn't translated at all. And obviously, you can work out some kinks, and you're gonna you're gonna have some bumps in the road if you're coming from NL to AL. You're gonna see it. It's not gonna you can't avoid that. But this this is bad, and I don't know if he's gonna be able to fix it. And that's why I definitely hit the panic button on my reached app question today when I sent it out. You got it's time to panic already. I don't care. It's very time to panic because if you can't have in this amount of starts already, you can't have Wade Miley being over 10. You can't have Rick Porcell, your $20 million a pitcher, a year pitcher, over six with only one win. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I agree that 
it's not. It's obviously concerning at this point. I'm not ready to panic yet because it's only April 20th. I think if you have the same kind of pitching or worse in five weeks, then time to panic. I think you got to get a little more time than this. But it's obviously. I mean, they had a good first week and just a terrible second week. So it's kind of work out the inconsistencies and, and see what they can do from there. So end of May, this is happening. All right, I'm, I'm panicking with you, but at this point, it's too early to tell. Two months is fair. I think that's a fair timeline. I I overreact to everything. Yeah. I really do. And if you haven't noticed that by now, then you're not listening. And you obviously wanted <laughs> to overreact because you were ready to do that before the season even started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And But I have every right to because this pitching yeah, staff do. doesn't look like it's built to win, and it's not. They need they still need ace. I really believe that. So I, I think they need to figure themselves out. I think I'm going to give them about two more weeks to like full-on full on panic. <laughs> I'm like halfway of the meter, but it was enough to say yes on the question I asked. Um, we're eight and five, though. <laughs> we we were eight and five somehow. Not because of them, but no. And this is what happens if the Red Sox offense folds at all, we're screwed. Um, yeah, because even like a couple have, games they score just a couple of runs, and then you're in danger because of the pitching staff. The games, well. you, okay, right? The games you lose, th- you uh, this past week, we'll stay with the week. That's what we're talking about. Lost to the Orioles eight three, only scored three runs. Lost to the Orioles four to one. Lost to the uh, Nationals ten to five. Um, obviously, the ten runs was the pitching side of it, but you only scored five runs. Um, so it's like you, you lost score the game. like seven to eight runs if you want to win. <laughs> exactly, and you think this offense could put it up though? That's the thing. Um, somehow they they, only, they, won, they won a three two game against the Orioles Friday. Um, today they put up seven runs in a blistering cold. Like you got to put up. They're going to have to score at least five runs a game if they want to keep this pitching staff the way it is, and they seem pretty content in doing that right now. So a lot of pressure though. Hanley, step it up. All of you, step it up. Um, Napoli's the big one for me to step it up because yeah. he's hitting like crap. Um, he is a notoriously, notoriously slow starter, though. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think he'll pick it up. Uh, hopefully, his beard sends him some magic. <laughs> Grow the beard. Uh, if we want to stick to the, if we want to stick to the beards. Um, all right, so that's the week we had. Still, Red Sox four and three in the last week. Still in first place in the AL East, I believe. Yeah. Um, is four and three. That was including. Today's game, yes, yes. it was. Okay. Um, yeah, so four and three in the week, not bad. Still in first place. Look, this division's not great. They're probably going to stay above it for a while. So either way, still not a terrible week despite the ho- hor- horrible pitching. Horrific pitching. Excuse me. Horrible. Horrible <laughs> pitching. That's a new word. I'm going to use that. Horrible. Um, the horrific pitching was terrible, and it's just I'm done with it already. It's bad. Um, all right, Jess, let's move on here. Let's do a little fantasy, a little pickup fantasy style here before we move on to some more Red Sox news. Uh, just real quick, nothing major. Just want to give you some couple, couple pickups each of players we think are good to add. We'll go one, 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 one. Jess, bump it back and forth. I'm gonna let you start this week, so uh, you shoot. All right, I'm gonna start with my pitcher. So I think a good guy to pick up. I'm surprised that he's not picked up in more. He's not. He's not currently had in my league. So that's that's what I went off of for this. And that is Zubaldo Jimenez, who pitched three and two thirds hitless innings against the Red Sox on a Friday, and then was ejected for maybe or maybe not intentionally hitting Pablo Sandoval, so he didn't get to go very far in that game. But between that game and his first start, where he pitched seven innings and gave up one hit, he's not giving up any runs yet, and he's pitched incredibly well. It's obviously a small sample size, I get that, but if you're looking at guys to add who are who are doing well currently, well, he certainly is, because he hasn't given up, <laughs> he's given up one hit and no runs. <laughs> Can't get a lot better than that, so I would expect him to be picked up in... in some leagues, considering he's been a pretty good pitcher over his career, albeit inconsistent. But for now, I say he looks to be in a good zone. He looks to be pretty in control. So I would pick up Jimenez right now if you're looking for somebody and he's available. Yeah, Jimenez pitched well and hasn't pitched well. That's a good pickup. Uh, my first one, I'm going to go position player first. Um, familiar face around these parts, Jed Lowry, um, now in Houston. Uh, he's been hitting well this season. Uh, had a, kind of a rough la- year last year in Oakland. Uh, got sent back to the Astros this year, and um, he already has half of what he had last year for home runs. Uh, mind you, there was only six last year, but he has three home runs already on the season. Um, hitting well is getting his at bats in a Houston lineup that isn't too great. So he's going to see the at bats. Like I said, home runs are there. His his average is not great, but that's about it. When he gets on base, he's good. He's always he's a steal threat as well. Once he's on the bases, so I think Jed Lauer is a good pickup. He's available in a lot of leagues. I believe Jess, you told me he was available in yours. Yes, he is. Um, he was available in mine as well. Um, so I would definitely go pick him up there. Jed Lowry, uh, 
might not be cons- um, definitely something to have on the end of your bench. Uh, I'm not saying plug and play right away, but definitely if you can ride the hot hand, might as well, especially if you're looking for a little bit of home run boost. They're 6-6 six and six this year, and they're first in their division. I just realized that's pathetic. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. They shouldn't be, but they are. Awful. Wow. Yeah. Six and seven Oakland, five and seven Angels, five and seven Mariners, and five and eight Texas. I mean, they're all pretty, pretty close. But six and six leads the division. Oh. Look for the look for the Mariners to jump out of that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, no one's looking. Mariners. The Angels haven't won a home game yet. <laughs> they're zero and three. Not much of a sample size, obviously. But but yeah, Joe Lowry's definitely clearly he's leading the team. It's the three home runs, and they they're leading their division. So. Yep. Pick him up. All right, my second one is another guy that I was a little surprised wasn't picked up in my league. That's Nick Markakis of now the Atlanta Braves. Formerly, I can't believe he wasn't he was available. Sorry. Yeah, I That's know. I'm shocked. Well, I'm thinking it might be just based on his numbers right now. He's he uh, has no home runs and only five RBI, which obviously isn't a whole whole lot. But he's hitting 375, which is outstanding, obviously, and. He's a guy who's going to get better, and he will hit home runs once he gets adjusted, and his RBI numbers will get up. So I'd say if if people are stupid enough to not have him in their league like like my league is right now, if if he's available, then I think he's just going to keep getting better. So I would definitely nab him while he's there, if he is there. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that he I, – I wouldn't be – okay, I'm really shocked that he wasn't in your league. If he's not picked up already in your leagues, people go get him because we all know Mark Kikas is a Mr. Consistent and he and those those home run numbers will go up. He is um obviously always had good luck in terms of power numbers, obviously going not from Baltimore anymore. But I still think he's a solid player and look I would go get Mark Kikas. That's for sure. I'm shocked. I'm shell shocked that he's not available. It says in Yahoo leagues he's owned in sixty four percent of leagues. That's still a lot of leagues he's not in. That's a good amount of percentage that you have a chance that he's not owned. So yeah. go check that out and go get him if you can. Uh, my final one, um, kind of a well-known prospect in the White Sox system. He's being called up today, Carlos Rodon, R-O-D-O-N. Um, he's a pitcher, top pitcher. Uh, he looks to be a stud. He, you can't miss on him, I believe, and he was being weighed to taken up. He got pulled up today. Um, if you, Some people might have been smart and drafted him, but I, a lot of people didn't, I'm sure. Uh, Jess, you said he was available. I believe you said he was in your, your league. Yes. Um, he wasn't, unfortunately, available in my league. I'm trying to work a trade for him. So much I want him. Um, he's going to be a solid pitcher for you. He's going to be consistent. He's going to come in and get strikeouts. Definitely grab Carlos right on if he's available again. Of the White Sox, they just called him up today. Um, he should be activated in your leagues. So go out there and check him out. Uh, I believe on Yahoo it said he was like 35% owned or something like that. So definitely a good chance if you're on Yahoo, he's not He's going to be there. ESPN, probably the same odds. So go on there, check it out, and please, if you have a chance to sign him, I promise you, you will not regret that position. Yeah, he looks to have a pretty bright future. I, I'm thinking about getting him. We'll see. You definitely should. I'm telling you now. But that is the fantasy segment brief for this week. Uh, again, top two picks for each of us, Nick Barcakis and Ubaldo Jimenez for Jess and Carlos Radon and Jed Lowry for myself um, for can't miss guys, really, in my opinion, in terms of consistency and overall potential. Um, so definitely go on and check those four guys out in your leagues and should hope help you uh, win your weeks and win your te- win your uh, matchups. All right, Jess, let's move on here from fantasy baseball. Um, more Red Sox stuff. One thing I want to talk about and you wanted to talk about um, is the Alan Craig situation here in, uh, in Boston. Um, he's not hitting great. Um, he hasn't played too much. He got to play today, but that was only because Hanley Ramirez pulled himself from the game. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll talk about that later because Hanley is bugging me. Um, but what do we do with Hal and Craig, Jess? Because the kind of Red Sox are kind of handcuffed here, I think. You can't trade them. No value. Um, he's hitting poorly, so you can't really trust to play him. What do you do with him? Do you just sit him on the bench and let him ho- hope he figures it out when he plays every once in a while? Or is it more of he needs to get the reps to play well? I guess you kind of just keep doing what you're doing because there's not really much you can do because there really isn't that much of a place for him. And if he's not hitting in the first place, then you don't want to play him because he's not producing. And when guys play, you want them to hit. He he did get an RBI today. It was his second hit of the season. Before that, he was 1 for 14, which is terrible. So, I mean, I feel bad for him because obviously it's in a limited role and he's not he's not getting the proper four, four at-bats a game. I mean, he has 15 at-bats in the season which obviously isn't much at all. So I think it's just a, a rough situation. And I, I 
yeah, you could see him playing more to get more reps to get trade value, but then obviously they're only doing it to get trade value, and there's no guarantee that he's going to play well, even if he does play. And I think when you're in a situation like this, you got to hit in the small bats you're given, and he's done the exact opposite so far. So terrible situation. I don't know what they can do with him. Like you said, no trade value right now, and he's just festering away on the bench former really good player who just can't hit anything now and still can't hit anything and it's, it's bad i don't i don't know what they can do he was an all-star in 2013 i believe if that serves me correct yeah he was 2013 best, thank you best hitter with runners in scoring position in the whole league mm-hmm. and it's crazy to me that obviously the injury is a big factor but now like you said he's only he only has um how many hits Two. one hit this Two year hits as of today Two hits as of today. That's insane to me. And this guy used to be good. And I look, he just doesn't look comfortable at the plate to me, in my opinion. I just don't think he looks um, like he is comfortable hitting. Obviously, the reps are a big issue with it because if you don't get the reps, you're not going to feel comfortable facing these pitching situations. But uh, before today, just the only other hit he had was opening day yeah. against Philly. So That's literally almost nothing. He's done literally nothing since spring training. Um, I'm concerned because this guy, they, I wouldn't say they would have been able to trade him in the offseason, but they were probably banking on him returning to the all-star form, um, which I kind of was too because you saw some sparks of it in, in spring training claiming he was healthy and hitting well, and then he came in and got a hit on opening day. I'm like, okay, cool. They'll plug and play him. He'll get some value, and maybe they can get him something decent. I don't know what's going to happen, but he needs to, they need to figure it out, and I'm hoping Chili Davis can help him figure it out because – this guy used to hit. This guy used to rake before he got hurt. And I don't know if it's mental with his injury and not confident or what, but something's up with Alan Craig, and I don't like it. Well, it's hard to have confidence when you're a glorified bench player. <laughs> He's not. That is he true. Do, so that goes back to the player. argument of is it reps? That goes back to that argument. Is right. it reps or is it just um, is it all is it mental for some other reason? I think it's all mental with him. I think his, I think he's healthy. I think he's physically able to play this game. I think it's mental. Yeah, I can see why why it was not mental last year because he was coming off the injury and just looked completely terrible in all his at bats. But now, like he said, supposedly healthy, and every time he comes off the plate, he's like crap. So if it's if it's not if he isn't hurt, then the only thing it can be is mental because he's obviously should should be and has been better than a two for fifteen hitter. Yeah. So Alan Craig's having trouble. Um, he's not the only one on this team, though. Obviously, Napoli's been playing well. But one other player that I want to talk about, and I, I did want to talk about this, Jess, and I'm glad you wrote it down on the sheet here for the um, for the show, Mookie Betts. He's had, obviously, some great moments, like you said here. And he had the great catch. He's hit some, he had a couple good games. He had some stolen bases. But his numbers aren't great. Just are, 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 should we be worried about Mookie Betts? Obviously, he's the guy right now in center field, but... Should we have any concerns, or is this just a, a, a kind of a dull patch and he's going to turn it around? Well, it's hard to know because everyone, I feel like everyone thinks he's having a great season just because he's had those those spark moments and a couple really good games. But other than that, he's done nothing. And I feel like the fact that he has had a couple of shadowed the <laughs> the other what games <laughs> or the other he's played ten other games, the other ten games that he's done absolutely nothing in. So I don't know. It's weird. It's He's sitting under 200, and only he does have. So he has two home runs and eight RBI, which is not bad for this point in the season. It's just the average is so low. It's the 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 hits he has had are impactful hits, but no consistency with the hits so far. Obviously, his defense is good, so I think he'll probably snap out of it. I don't know if it's just the rookie season doldrums that some guys have. It's I mean we talked about it before the season. Is he going to be a good? a good player consistently the whole year hit 300 or is he going to struggle and have a couple off months like Xander Bogart had last year? Tough to know. Pretty, pretty rough start for him, but I feel like it's better for him to do this like he is because it doesn't seem like he's doing so bad. So not many people, I feel like not as many people are talking about it and bashing him as they would be if he had this average and didn't have any big games. So I think he's helped himself in that case. But it's just really weird. It's, it's strange that he's hitting under 200 just because it seems like he's done so well. I'm going to give him a pass. on. on I think he's going to improve. And it, I can give a prime example to cross-reference it. Dustin Bedroy in his first full April. He was terrible. Hit like 162. Yeah. And then he went to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. 
So I give Mookie Betts some time because we've seen what he can do. I think he needs to get comfortable being an everyday player and a t- on a team that has potential. And I think that's a big part of it. I think last year was obviously great and everything, but like like I said, been saying now since the start of the spring training, I need to see it on a, him do this on a team that matters. And he's been had sparks of it. He came in a big spot on opening day and at Fenway and had a great game. He came in opening day in Philly and had a great game. And he's had these sparks. I, and obviously his his batting average isn't as low as it was, as Dustin Pedroia's was. We all want Dustin Pedroia gone for the most part, and everyone overreacted to that when he was there his rookie season. And now he look what he's done. Right. Mookie Betts gets a pass on this. I don't have any concerns yet. Um, I don't either. My only my major concerns with this team is the pitching staff still, and obviously we all know that. Everyone who listens to me talk about this team will know that's that's well documented by now. But isn't it funny though to you that that he's hitting under two hundred yet like nobody really cares? It doesn't feel it. You right. know? Like it has it, like like the great spectacular plays are putting pixie ducks and pi- pixie dust and angel stars in his in, in everyone's eyes because no one wants to believe that he's hitting that bad because they think he really is playing well. Yeah, it's so and, weird. It's like that doesn't happen very often. It's it's an odd look, thing. Look, he's I think he's a good sp- leadoff hitter for this team though. He's got the speed, so that when he does get on base, he's a threat. Look, he's still um, he's going to steal nine times out of ten, hopefully, in terms of when he gets the shot. Exactly. So. He's a great leadoff hitter. He's just got to work on getting on base, maybe drop a bun every once in a while. Um, I think he's getting there. I think he's just got to get comfortable with being the leadoff role and being an everyday guy. But I think the Red Sox organization and John Farrell has 100% confidence in him. Not necessarily if that's a good thing or not, just because of the confidence they instill in the wrong people. But I think Betts is the right one to instill confidence on. I'm 100% in on him still in terms of him turning this around. Um, again, not 100% sure if he'll be here the whole season. Knock on wood, Cole Hamill's trade. But I heard that. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. I you want. I wanted you to hear that. Um, I'm I'm hoping they still do that eventually. But Betts Betts got to play better. Right now his value's not high enough right. to do that. Um, but one thing actually I want to I want to just quickly bring up before we move on to other things. Um, you do that, Jess. You do. Since you mentioned the steals for Betts and he has four, um, a big part of the 2013 championship season was the stealing and the incredible percentage that the Sox had. I think they were like. They'd stolen like 33 bases or something at some point without being thrown out. And then it helped a ton. Last year they were terrible. They couldn't steal anything. It's just like everybody forgot how to run, and it was just awful. Well, I want to bring up so far in this season through 13 games, the Red Sox are 9 for 9. They have not been thrown out once, and that's a good sign for success because if you look at the team's success based on the steals the last two years, it makes perfect sense, and this year they're doing really well so far, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, 2013, the team had 123 stolen bases. Yeah, wow. And, well, last year, probably half that. <laughs> probably, yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't a lot. So, um, hold on, let me look. Yeah, I actually, have right I was going to say, I can figure it out. I'm on baseball reference, so it's all nice and cozy together next to each other. Um, last year, stolen bases. I'm messing up. 63. Yeah. Like I said, that half. Big drop. Um, so hopefully this year they're on the right trend to, to change that and obviously go back to the 2013 ways. Um, this offense would be good, is good for hit and runs. It's good for to do stuff with because they have the ability to put the bat on the ball. And they have the ability to do some things here on the base pass that they couldn't do last year just because they didn't have the production out of their offense in the first place. So... And they didn't really have a true leadoff hitter. We know that. They shuffled around a bunch of people last year. This year, I think Betts is solidifying that. And I think people are going to have to give him a pass just on his average. Which I think people are. Like you said, Jess, no one's talking about this. Right. We are. That's about it. Well, that's because we should. But Yeah, exactly. Everyone should be talking about it, but they're not. People are um, and that's what I'm saying. People are giving him a pass. And he's going to get a pass because he's becoming a face of Red Sox Nation that people want to love. And I'm all for that. But he's got to start producing a little bit. But I'm giving him time for that. Um, big one on me, though, is Hanley Ramirez, man. Um, his left field play has been horrid. Uh, I forget what game. I think it was Nationals. I think it was actually when we were there when he ducked and got out of the way of the ball. Yeah, he went to the um, wall and it just went over his head and off the wall and he wasn't even close to the ball. <laughs> he was at the base of the wall. The ball was going over. After like getting 10 feet from the wall, he should have realized that it was going to hit the wall. And look, I'm not saying playing left field at Fenway is difficult, easy, especially when you're transitioning like he is. I'm not saying I can go out there and do it, but... After a few games in the spring, getting your feet wet, you should know that you could you should be able to tell when the ball is going to hit the wall. Um, he might have been able to catch the ball, but when you get to the base of the wall and then just duck and hope the ball doesn't hit you, yeah, that was pretty weird. That, that looks like you're that looks like you're playing fifth grade like t-ball or something or little league whatever in something, and you're afraid of playing. You shouldn't be playing baseball. 
you're a left fielder. I don't care if you're a shortstop in the past, Hanley. You need to figure that out. And it's not even just that. They'll j- just the left field kinks can work themselves out. Look, we've had terrible left fielders in the past. Johnny Gomes and Manny are the two big ones that you can come to mind in terms of people they put out there but couldn't play defense. He dogs it in left field. He doesn't try. Uh, against the Orioles and the Nationals both this week, they had situations where the balls went in the left field. He just slowly jogged, didn't try hard, and nonchalantly threw it back. It looked like Manny playing left field. And I think the Red Sox are okay with this. I do. I think they brought him here to hit and put something okay in left field. And as long as he's hitting, they're going to let it go. But as soon as he stops hitting, this problem is going to bubble up even more because it's going to be zero production from Hanley instead of the offensive fireworks and then defense will be as bad as it has been all year. The defense is a problem because even if he does figure out the wall, Jess, he's not going to stop dogging. He's going to keep jogging after balls. This could be a problem in a close game, Jess. And I know we dealt with it with Manny, and I'm, going to, I'm willing to deal with it with Hanley, but it's still a problem and it still bugs me. Well, it's tough to know so far because it's only been a, like – like we've talked about early in the season, it's, he hasn't had a whole lot of time to figure it out, and I know he worked pretty hard on it in, in the uh, in spring training. But yeah, he he just looks like scared, slow, just kind of afraid. It just he just looks kind of clueless out there. It's obviously a concern because most of the time, when I mean the professional athletes, they, you see them. Most guys, even if they're not used to the position, say like Brock Holt or or uh, Mookie Betts or somebody like that, they just suck it up, figure it out, and let their athleticism take over and Hanley just doesn't seem to be able to do that yet and like I said just kind of kind of slow to the ball and not really sure what he was doing so I hope he can figure that out soon because you nailed it if he if he stops hitting everyone's gonna be pointing to that like what what's this guy worth now if he can't hit and he can't field good thing he's hit five home runs and 12 RBI so far which leads the team in both categories so that's encouraging I love his offense he's only struck out five times which is a lot less than uh, a number of guys in the team, so I think he's doing pretty well on offense so far. But yeah, keep working on that wall because it's it's pretty ugly so far. That's why people are overlooking it. The five home runs, the the RBI numbers. He's he's playing hitting well enough, and that's what the Red Sox brought him in to do. It's uh, it's the same attitude they had with Manning. It really is. It's mm-hmm. like strikingly similar. And even the same it's name. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's literally the exact same situation. It's we don't care how bad your defense is as long as it's okay. And as long as you're producing at the plate, which he is, he's sitting great at the plate. He's, he's the big reason why they're putting up all these numbers. Five home um, runs, especially games is awesome. Ortiz got to a slow start. Napoli's not hitting well. Panda's been out with a sore foot and all this stuff, and not being staying consistent. Hanley's been the key to this lineup so far, and that's that's why they're kind of letting this pass. And I think that Red Sox fans should be weary of it. I think they are weary of it. I've heard a lot of complaints, um, whether it be on local sports radio, phone calls being called into other shows, stuff like that. People notice it. But they're going to be okay with it as long as he keeps hitting. Right. And I think that's going to be – I'm okay with it as long as he keeps hitting. Left field is not the most crucial defensive place in Fenway Park. So as long as he improves the defense just a little bit so he doesn't start to get so – as long as he's not afraid of the ball and doesn't duck out of the way of it anymore. Well, that's the thing with – like Manny – I'm willing to live Manny with Manny was – he ended up being pretty good because he knew where to play. He knew how to play the ball off the wall. He made a couple of nice catches, and he had a good arm. Like he was a lot better than Hanley is right now, so – it's if Hanley can turn into what Manny was, I'd be completely fine with that because that wasn't bad. Yeah, I think that's where the bar is. I really do. I think that's where the bar is being set. Is Manny Ramirez defense, yeah. which is fine. That's all I need. Yeah, he, nothing more. He really wasn't that bad once he figured out how to do it. I, I had no problem. He did have some ugly sliding attempts and well, stuff, sure. but it comes with the territory. So did Johnny Gomes, but we all love Johnny Gomes. But Johnny Gomes couldn't hit a lick either. So yeah, he, didn't, he didn't really give me much. Period. But he no, he's just kind of there to give you the heart, inspire yeah. you. The dirt dog mentality that was Johnny Gomes. I want to mention. Uh, I want to mention one thing here um, that we don't didn't have to talk about. Just we we mentioned his name a couple times here. Pablo Sandoval. You were a big proponent in the Sox getting in this off season, and I was in favor of it too so far. And he's done pretty well. He's hitting two eighty nine. But I want to know if you're concerned about his lack of extra base hitting because he has thirteen hits this year, one double, no home runs. He didn't hit his double until yesterday. So all he had was singles for the first couple of weeks of the season. What are his ribby numbers that you have in front he has of you? Four, four RBI. Okay, so two eighty nine for RBI. It's early. I'm okay with it. I think he's going to improve. Obviously, he doesn't have as much space to put the ball in terms of. He's not going to get as many extra base hits here as he did in San Francisco because the field's not as big. Right. And look, he's a big dude. He's not going to be able to get around the bases that fast. 
But as long as he's producing with runners in scoring position, which he will get those opportunities because he's hitting fifth in a, in a normal lineup. And as long as he's solid at third base, I'm okay with it still. Okay. I was just curious if just, you were concerned about the, the lack of extra base hits. I'm not only because of where he's hitting. Yeah. As long as he puts the ball off the wall, when uh, left field wall, when there's runners in scoring position and keeps the ball in play and doesn't have that many errors at third base, I'm still cool with it. Yeah, I'm happy with his feeling so far. He's looked pretty good. And he's great for the locker room, which is a huge plus. Yeah, just not San Francisco locker room. No, no, no. <laughs> he's good here. He has friends here. here. Um, well, we're going to do this quick before we get out of here, Jess. I just want to do a quick – we can do a quick preview of this upcoming week. Um, we got three versus Tampa Bay. I believe it's at Tampa, if I'm right. All these are, all um, games are on the road, yeah. All road, yeah, right. yeah. You did write that down. Yeah. Uh, three versus Tampa, three versus Baltimore again. Um, all on the road. Tampa Bay series pitching is expected to be Miley versus Archer. Joe Kelly versus Carnes and Clay Buckles gets uh, Oda, or Oda Rizzi. Excuse me. Um, some good pitching matchups there. I hope Clay Buckles does something decent. Um, I'm actually not concerned about Joe Kelly's start. No reason to be. Um, the big one that's scaring me is the Wade Miley start. What do you expect out of, I would say, um, what do I want to go with this? Do you want to just go right to record maybe? Because I, I know what to expect out of Wade Miley. He's going to suck. But we hope not. what do you expect out of the team uh, for each series in terms of record and then like maybe key players? Maybe. Yeah, so in terms of the Tampa Bay series, obviously the Miley-Archer matchup favors the Rays because Archer's been very dominant. very solid for, his, <laughs> for the beginning of the year here. And Just say it, dominant. He's been good. Yeah, he's been very good. His ERA is under two. So definitely that favors them. So we'll hope that Miley can figure out how to pitch this game and not give up ten runs. Uh, <laughs> Kelly versus Carnes. I mean, Car- Nathan Carnes is a uh, unproven guy, obviously at this point, and he's he's done okay, not that great. So obviously that probably favors the Red Sox. And then uh, Odorizzi's also pitching really well as well. So hopefully Buckholz can bring that. So I'd say if you go by pitching matchups, could be two out of three for Tampa Bay. But obviously the Rays haven't faced the Red Sox offense. These guys getting their under two ERAs haven't faced haven't faced them. So that could that could change things. So I'm gonna go two and one against the Rays. And then against the Orioles, obviously we don't know the pitching matchups yet. But being at Baltimore, we only beat them two out of four at home. That could be the first series that they lose. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two out of three from Tampa Bay and lose two out of three against the Orioles. Um, key players, well, with Tampa Bay, you got to watch out for Evan Longoria as always because he's their best hitter. Always, you know? he's, yep. that's that's what you associate with the with the Rays. So watch out for Longoria for the offense, and then obviously back to the Orioles again. We just played them. Their best hitter is clearly Adam Jones, and you got to keep them in the ballpark if you want a chance to win. Hopefully, whoever pitches in that series. Can do that. Luckily for the Red Sox, Camden Yards is a little bigger than Fenway Park. Yeah, true. That's an upside. Um, you got? I'm liking the same thing with the Orioles series. I think that's going to be the first series they lose. I like a sweep of the Rays, though. Okay. Um, I think they're going to sweep the Rays. I just think the Rays aren't good. Um, they Like you said, they haven't faced the offense yet, really. And I think the Red Sox offense has just been so good that I know Wade Miley has been an issue, but I think the Red Sox offense is going to put them to a sweep of Tampa Bay. Um, I think they do lose the Orioles series, though, because, look, they struggle with them here in four. Um, if it wasn't for the fourth game, they would have lost the series already. So I think they're going to lose the Orioles series. I think they will get one, though. I don't think they'll get swept um, because I think uh, – who will they have? They'll have Porcello pitching. They'll have Masterson, um, Masterson pitching. And then you'll get Wade Miley again, right? I believe you're correct, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. so – Should be. Um, I think you're probably going to win the Porcello game. And then after that, who knows? Uh, obviously, Masterson and Miley are two toss-ups. So I think the, I think you're going to get swept. By, I think you're going to sweep Tampa Bay and then lose two out of three of the Orioles. Uh, key players, I think you said them, though. Longoria is obviously the key one there. He's turning it. Well, he, he is for that team what David Wright was for years with, when the Mets were bad. It's just the face of that team. It's the one good hitter. The one, <laughs> yeah, the one good hitter who plays third base, like the same exact thing. Yeah. So I think that's obviously the guy to look out for there. Um, and I think you said it, Adam Jones has been hot. He killed you here at Fenway Park. Um, him and Machado are the two for me to look out for in terms of 
Baltimore, and you have to go to Baltimore, so I think it's just going to be a tough series overall. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I think out of that. Tough week ahead for the Red Sox. I still think they'll be in first place after this week. I do. I think this, this division is so bad that I think they'll be right up there again still after the next time we're talking to you next week. Well, it's fun. All the teams are like kind of average, so it's like everyone's really close. <laughs> it's going to be an average summer, but it's going to be a close average summer. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, that, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, again, plenty of stuff to talk about this week. It was great. Great show, Jess. Don't forget, everyone, this show is brought to you by our, our friends over at Reached App. You can go to the iOS or Google Play Store on your phone. You can either, or you, on the computer, you can go to reachedapp.com backslash CLNS. That's R-E-A-C-H-T app.com backslash CLNS, and you can download it from there as well. Um, we ask questions. You can get involved with just everyone on CLNS Radio, not just us here at Red Sox Speed, even though we would love you to get involved with us. Um, Obviously, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual stuff. Don't forget to call in as well. Great show just this week. Plenty to talk about. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about this week. Keep an eye on Hanley Ramirez. Keep an eye on Mookie Betts. And make sure Wade Miley keeps his ERA under 10. That's my big key, big three keys for this week. Um, keep it under 10, Wade Miley. Just keep it. You have two starts before we talk next week. Keep it under 10. Um, that being said, though, Jess, we're going to end it there. Good show. Again, for Jess Thomas, I'm Jared Kelly for Red Sox Speed on CLNS Radio. Until next week, man, enjoy the Red Sox, and hopefully we'll talk to you with another first place week. Absolutely. See ya.